What we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to The Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you entrepreneurs, CEOs, innovators, creators, producers, artists, musicians, people, as I would say, is people who are really in and out of the box, very far out of the box, uh, and doing your own thing and in your path and in your lane. Uh, listen, often you're probably misunderstood because you don't want to conform to the way things have normally been done or been taught generationally to societally. And uh, you're very welcomed here. Uh, I'm the first to tell you, my guests are the first to tell you, none of us have done the traditional route, quote unquote. Um, and uh, often at times, it's, uh, it's uh, a difficult place thinking outside of the box because people may look at you weird or they may not understand why would you do it that way? You know, what is that all about? It doesn't matter so long as you're following your path. And that's a very big part of what we do here at the podcast. Uh, we've got a lot of new subscribers. I'm, I'm stoked. We're hitting about 5 million downloads for all, as I've been saying lately, all my day ones, I really appreciate you guys. You've been down here since like four and a half years ago. Uh, and it's just been such an amazing movement for anybody that's new. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Gottesman. It's a pleasure to meet you. As you guys know, I answer each and every single text, reply, DM, email, you know, it, you, you guys get it. So for anybody new, feel free to reach out. Uh, it's very engaging that way. If you want to get in the conversation on the intersection of creativity and culture and entrepreneurship and all the things that go into that, such as having a life and figuring out how to build on your passion, that's at HDF Magazine on Instagram. You guys know I answer everything there. If you want to know about any of the other endeavors or just want to have a conversation with me and get in the conversation, at Matt Gottesman on Instagram. And of course, you can follow along at Hustle Sold Separately. I also appreciate, appreciate how many of you guys are leaving ratings and reviews. Every one of them makes, uh, makes me uh, excited and grateful. And uh, we've got another amazing show today. Uh, and so I wanted to jump right into it. Sorry, I'm, I, for those of you that know the show, I'm, I'm skipping some of the formalities. We're going right into um, you know, the theme, talking about the importance of masculine and feminine energy, um, achieving healthier relationships that you want instead of conflicting your path, and a plethora of other... Um, topics that are really in, involved in there. And the reason why this, this is a very big deal to me. Um, we talk about a lot of different areas of creating and creativity. We talk about entrepreneurship. We talk about uh, mental and, you know, mental wellness and mindset and all of the things, right? But there is a very important factor <laughs> that is uh, the highest in terms of priorities, I believe, which is your relationship with yourself, and your relationship with another, such as potentially a partner, and hopefully a partner if that's a way you wanna play, and your relationship in society. And it was a journey that I started seven, eight years ago, and a lot of people ask me um, for advice on these types of topics. I'm very fortunate that I had a very balanced household, uh, two parents who would be the first to admit they were not perfect, but they were very loving, they were very kind, and they played to each other's strengths, which is why they lasted 52 years until my father passed away last year. And 
they each raised me with different aspects of what they felt would be appropriate for a man, as well as having me figure out the, the parts that, you know, were part of my own path and not being afraid and uh, standing up for what's right and having integrity and doing the right thing, even when maybe it's not so easy. Now, that leads into a whole other area of how do we, he how do we you know, work through our traumas? How do we work through um, conflict? How do we work through confrontations? How do we work through uh, different personalities? How do we not blame other people? How do we not blame a partner? How do we not criticize? And a multitude of other things. So I've got the perfect guest, Stefano Sifandos. He's a relational alchemist, if you will. I mean, an amazing human being, love, sex, and intimacy coach, trainer, educator on sec sacred sexuality. And, uh, you know, I've been following him for a bit online. And then when I see some mutual friends hanging out with him, I'm like, ah, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> so I instantly reached out to him and said, hey, you got to come on the show. And just to give you a, a little bit of a background, as I mentioned, a trained educator uh, and relationships expert, he and I agree that words funny sometimes, but you know, it's definitely his path. Um, and he's got a background in behavioral science, passionate about leading people to closer uh, and closer to their highest potential uh, and each other. And his philosophy emerges the best of Eastern and Western methodologies to promote spiritual balance and empower people in life and love. And from trauma release to navigating the murky waters of modern masculinity to helping women understand the men in their lives, he helps people escape negative patterns and cultivate a positive sense of self. He's also worked with thousands of men and women from all walks of life, special force soldiers, Olympic gold medalists, elite fighters, and everyday people have relied on him to restructure and reframe their relationships with themselves and their loved ones. So it's going to be an epic show. Stefanos, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, brother. It's uh, it's really awesome to be here, and I'm uh, sorry about your father as well. Deepest deepest condolences there, man. I wasn't aware of that. Oh uh, no, thank you very much. Uh, he was a mentor and a best friend, but uh, uh, he's with me every day and uh, yep. still leading me to be, uh, 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 I believe, uh, a better man each day. So, mm. um, so thank you. So uh, you know, I, I mentioned before the show. First question is really the is always the same. How do we get here? Because with your focus and you're tackling, I believe, several subjects at a very important time. I feel like the shift's been happening for years, but it's now becoming more of a, I have to deal with it phase. Um, and where we're heading is, you know, is far beyond where we've been. Um, so, but to get here, I would imagine you probably had to do a lot of introspection <laughs> and, 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 and work uh, that, you know, encapsulates now how you're helping thousands of people around the world. So I'd, I'd love to know more about the background. Yeah. Dr. John D. Martini says that our voids become our values mm. and that rings very true for me on many fronts. As a kid, I had a very volatile, violent upbringing. Uh, father was very physically abusive. My mother was physically abusive. They were both emotionally abusive, fighting with each other taking that out on myself and my younger brother. So I was the eldest five years, five years older and just a lot of animosity and confusion because there was also love there that really disorganized my <laughs> attachment style, the way that I gave and, and received love and really understood love and what intimacy was. And so as an adult, I, I really valued connection and intimacy but was so fearful of it because I hadn't really processed all that trauma and I hadn't processed 
my shadows that I'd formed around that and my protective strategies that, that I used as a kid to keep me safe that I kept going as an adult because, you know, they worked obviously as a kid, I'm still alive as an adult. So my brain and body is stuck in this loop of um, protecting myself. And so I'd bring those protective strategies in relationship, which protected parts of me to an extent, the parts that were really wounded and scared and hurt, but it also isolated me and also hurt other people. And that looked like infidelity, that looked like this incessant pursuit of my perception of freedom, um, that looked like pornography and prostitution, um, alcohol, um, excessive reliance on status and material wealth and the pursuit of that at any cost. Um, You know, big risk, big reward deals, burn build mentality when it came to business, Um, made a heap of money, lost a heap of money, um, got involved with very interesting folk to say the least early on in my life as a, as a teenager and young adult, um, just really, really pursuing this unconscious need to seek approval from my father, mm. seek acceptance from the world, um, you know, be loved, but at the same time was playing out those old patterns of violence myself, you know, just fighting every weekend, drinking, just really that Australian because I was living in Australia at that time, that, that Australian culture that, that, that affected so many young men, um, you know, go out, drink, have sex and fight, basically, that, that type of approach and mentality to, to life. And that wore very thin. And I just kept making the same choices over and over again, which was giving me the same pains and over and over again. And so I really had to make a change. And the change was forced upon me even though I was really very much contemplating it, I, I, I wasn't responsible for the deliberate action of that. And that in and of itself carried myriad lessons with it as well. But essentially I was with a, a partner a number of years ago and she discovered that infidelity in the relationship. And it just sort of it catapulted from there, snowball effect of that. And Pandora's box was open multiple a thousand. And I went down the rabbit hole of who am I and and mm. what does it mean to be a man and, and why am I behaving this way and what does it really all look like? And I had spiritual arrogance. I had ego because I'd, I'd been doing deep introspective self. I was in the self-help industry. I was, you know, practicing um, being a coach. I was, I have a degree in, in, you know, behavioral science and various other mind body modalities. Like I knew all this stuff, but I wasn't practicing it. I wasn't embodying it. And so it came with a big shock, multiple ego deaths, suicidal ideation attempts like I just wasn't I wasn't healthy like I really went down this rabbit hole of who the fuck am I um and it's you know a big part of that was because I didn't deal with my previous traumas and pains and I let them fester and I let my shadows run the show and I didn't have effective rites of passage substance-based rites of passage to take me through the next phase of my life and turning into an adult my idea of sexuality was warped Mm. Uh, my dear my idea of self-worth was warped my intimate connections with um, not everyone but most people particularly women and intimacy and romance um, and and sexuality was very far from from sacred or deliberate um, and very very selfish and self-absorbed and very fear-based and as I sh- as I began to really shift all of that my whole life changed you know I was in an immense amount of debt I was nearly bankrupt that all shifted um, my relationship to myself changed. I began to appreciate life. I moved into high vibratory states of consciousness, such as gratitude and appreciation and bliss and elation. And I wasn't, it wasn't like I was in these places every single moment of the day, because that's not what life is about. But the way I was dealing with my challenges was very different. It was way out of the rigid mindset and into more of a growth mindset. 
it was really breaking the old patterns of the past and my relationship to myself and to significant others and really stepping into far more fullness and power and autonomy. And so I started mastering my own actions, my own thoughts, my internal state and my external state through my internal state though. And I, I started taking responsibility and ownership of that, which for me is a, is a key, key principle for, you know, healthy humanity, but particularly healthy masculinity. And here we are, <laughs> a, you know, um, you brought up a lot of, uh, I feel like a lot of people are either, there's a couple different things, either they're not aware that that's happening. Like, no, no, no. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm driven. I'm this, I'm that. And I'm like, why are you doing this? You know? And they go, no, well, like I, why? Because I, I have a purpose. I have this. And they're like, no, no, no. Why are you doing this? Like when you get to the core of them, mm -hmm. um, and because if you start to peel away the layers, um, there's a lot of this going on in there with like, there could be any, anything from spiritual arrogance, which I, <laughs> I, I like that you call it spiritual arrogance, by the way. And like mm -hmm. to, um, you know, self-worth issues, selfishness, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. not the good selfish, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, self-absorbed, fear-based scarcity, like uh, people who are constantly chasing money, making incredible money, but like base everything only on money. It's, a lot of times people would normally think of them as scarce, but yeah, like, yeah, they have a fear of like that without money that they're not anything. And, you know, and there's a whole other set of, of, of things going on in there. Um, you know, and I just, interestingly enough, I think that I don't know if it's a generational thing um, because I get it. Previous generations, men were um, suck it up. You'll figure it out. You know, buck up. You'll figure it out. You know, uh, stop crying. Stop whining. All this other stuff. And personally, I think it was really fucked up. <laughs> if you want my opinion. I just, I feel like, I feel like when um, generate, and I get it. I feel like every generation had what they had to work with, but we're, we're now moving into a time of like, listen, I think that we have to have a better understanding of why is it, um, you know, we feel a certain way and what does that emotion actually mean? And we have to actually deal with the emotion. Do you find a lot of men just haven't really dealt with their emotions or had an even kind of a better understanding in a relationship with them or even what they are because of suppression or oppression or any other number of Eschens? <laughs> but like, what, what's, what's your, like, what's your take on that? I mean, as far as speaking from a, a, a man's perspective, um, you know, uh, what is your take on that? Is, is just man, men missing out on having more of a relationship with their emotions and understanding who the hell they are? Yeah, that's part of the missing piece. So there's nothing wrong with quote unquote manning up. Right. Right. And I'll explain. I'll explain. There's nothing wrong with that, but I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain why it's missing a component. It's missing a component of what you've spoken to. And so, Essentially, manning up means facing our challenges. Yes, yes. Taking ownership of our responsibility, being able to articulate and express mental, emotional, spiritual, physical toughness and resilience towards a situation that requires that approach. Toughness being our ability to move through difficulty, resilience being our ability to recover from difficulty, you know, arduous times, adversity, etc. A, it's very attractive to the feminine yes. and B, it's character building and C, it's part of the realm of the masculine dealing with challenge. The issue is the big missing piece is that we're not uh, adjusting to or dealing with or facing with or facing the 
emotional upheaval that comes with that. So we're numbing it and we're suppressing it. That has a negative psychological, psycho-emotional, mm. relational effect to our lives. And that shit compounds. And that's the biggest issue that we have. So manning up is, is fragmented. It's fractured. I say man in. Do the inner work. Face your demons. Deal with your shadows. To, you know, take yourself to difficult places internally, not just out in the outside world. You know, we're great avid explorers. We we build be- buildings. We engineer feats of marvels and and so forth. But we don't do that deeper inner work, that introspective, retrospective work. And so, that's an important part. Emotional fitness, emotional intelligence. It, we, we are not devoid of a limbic system. We are not devoid of emotional faculties that run through us and permeate us. We relate in that way and we relate to ourselves in that way. Partly that's been repressed. Um, you know, culture has been part of that, but it's also a biological evolutionary survival mechanism where, we, where we've engaged in secondary emotions such as anger because that's proven to be more fruitful in a tumultuous physical environment and so we've suppressed sadness or we've suppressed jealousy maybe or we've suppressed grief because we haven't had the space to actually feel those feelings and process them and go through them mm-hmm. because we haven't been in a position that's uh, that's been safe enough that's allowed us to do that. And so over time we've developed this, this um, movement towards secondary emotion application, which is we're going to be monostructured in our emotions and anger is going to be our go-to and that's going to you know save us. But there's more to that. And so part of manning up and facing those challenges is also being responsible for facing the inner turmoil and processing it, yes. moving it through our bodies, you know, somatically, psychosomatic work, sexual somatic work, emotional release techniques, trauma release exercises, being supported and witnessed by other men, um, working with a psychologist, a counselor, a coach, whatever it may be, like finding support. Men, no man is an island. Men aren't silos. No human being is. We're relational beings. We've evolved that way for a reason. We're here largely because of that. And yes, of course, you know, potentially the advent of eating meat and fire and all of that. There, are, it's it's a soup, right? There's a there's a recipe that has got us to where we are today. It's not just one thing per se. Part of that is our ability to be extremely socially cohesive. Um, and rely on each other and help each other grow, help each other expand in consciousness and in physical ability and expression and so forth. So, you know, we, we, are, we are missing that piece that when emotions are removed from our ability to process, we become less than men. You know, um, you mentioned support. And, you know, interesting, first of all, I, I completely agree with Manning in. Um, I, my transformation started about seven, eight years ago. And when I went through a divorce and I went through, um, mm. uh, I lost, I felt like I lost everything, um, both professionally and personally. And a lot of people on the outside were like, wow, you're taking this very hard on yourself, um, you know, because I, I was looking in. And they said, aren't you, why aren't you throwing blame? Why aren't you this? Why aren't you that? I'm like, that doesn't solve anything. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, I have to understand how I got here. I have to understand the man. So to your point, I had to man up and take accountability for how is it that whatever series of actions and steps I took that got me to that phase of life that I hadn't anticipated was going to happen. How do I deal with it? And how the hell do I understand who I am in the process so I can make better choices moving forward? So Mm. to your point, there's a balance between I have to pick myself up. I have to man up to actually lean into quote unquote conflict, whatever you want to really call it, um, lean into life and actually move. But I have to understand my choices and I have to understand, okay, like where did I not have the right kind of boundaries? 
Where was I not being my whole authentic self? Where was I not asking for support and help? Where was I, where was I being angry? Where was I criticizing? Yeah. Where was I lashing out? Where was I, you know, I, I mean, and I started studying with um, healers and rabbis and shamans and <laughs> I mean, you name it, I, you know, to really understand the core emotional self to build a better intelligence within it. And, uh, you know, it was a very interesting, I realized like, oh, wow, asking for help is actually a strength. It's not a weakness at all. In fact, vulnerability is, is very strong if you understand its core capabilities. Like, I cannot make changes if I don't ask for help from really right people that can give me guidance, which if I have the yes. humility, I can listen to them, shut my mouth <laughs> for a change, except for if I'm asking questions. And take the advice, uh, you know, accordingly, depending on hopefully you choose really good people to listen to and start imparting that and taking those actions. So I, I really, it really resonated with what you said. And, and I feel like there's that combination of let me step up, but let me step into who I really am. And when those two come together, which leads me to my next question, you know, about this, you know, one of the topics you like to talk about why we need the masculine man and why women need to get on board of an understanding what that real i think if you and you know this you see this on instagram all the time <laughs> you see people who like say like you know their definitions of the masculine and the feminine or like this are probably coming from some spiritual arrogance and other things that you see all the time i see it all and i feel like there needs to be a better understanding of like the divine masculine and divine feminine of like what it really is and how the two really beautifully co-create and need each other and support each other um and not as just i'm not talking about men and female, male and female, I'm just saying divine feminine, divine masculine as energies. Uh, but I would love for you to, to, to expand though on like why, you know, why w the, the masculine man and, and really its relationship to woman in this context. <laughs> yeah, of course. So we have to sort of understand history a little bit too. And, and, and I'll give a very brief synopsis from my perspective to, to sort of understand where we are today. And if we look at history, we've looked at we've we've been able to observe there's been an unhealthy masculine energetic that so masculine feminine energies reside within every human being. It's yes. just yes. it's contrast, right? It's just a way to understand ourselves. The brain does really well at compartmentalizing life and life experiences, and we learn very richly. We learn in a very rich manner in a very deep way through contrast. And so, masculine feminine energetics is a way to do that. It's not exclusive to gender. Or biology yes. um, by any means however that does play an element and for those that deny that you're denying your body and you're denying your physicality you're denying your sexuality to some sense to some sense as well and that to me i i don't i can't resonate with that and so whilst it's not exclusive to gender it definitely plays a part it just as culture plays a part just as psychosocial dynamics play a part just like the the trauma plays a part in our lives all these all these massive factors socioeconomics play a part right so when we look at that we look at history and we look at there's been a very unhealthy masculine energetic that's permeated our society in other words you could say it's been extreme and wounded and it's come from a place of fear and as a result um, the masculine energetic has been oppressive has been uh, autocratic, controlling, mm. uh, subjugating, judgmental, violent. Um, it's, it's exerted power through those means. It's also we've also been in a hyper state of masculinity, where again shadow or, or extreme, 
where, and some people may call it toxic and that's fine, but those are, there's connotations associated with that unconscious connotations, which aren't necessarily healthy. So if we're we're going to speak to uh, toxic masculinity, then we must also speak to toxic femininity as well, because it's just two wings of the same bird, two sides of the same coin that one doesn't exist without the other, literally um, and metaphorically. And so, I want to know where I want to go with this. Let me think about it. I, no, you know, no. And I, and I totally, it's funny. Cause even as you said that I was, I was feeling, I'm like, yeah, I get you. Cause there's, there's so many, <laughs> there's a lot into this. Yeah. And I'll continue so, in this way. I think to make it, to make it really simple. And so we've had this, 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 again, this other energetic of, of another expression of masculinity where we've really focused on achievement and goal orientation and objections or, you know, a, a objective achievements and all of that. Right. And so, with that, it becomes really, really important, really, really important that we recognize that in that we've oppressed the feminine. We've oppressed the feminine energetic. And there are many females, embodied females, that represent feminine energetic. Not all, but many. Now, again, I have a feminine energetic within me. You do as well. Yes. All men do, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, as all females have masculine energetics. doesn't make them men or it doesn't make them wrong or any any of that. So with that, there's been this misalignment. There's been this imbalance in our society. Now, when we look at the waves of the feminist movement that's taken place and the foundations of that and some of the intentions, not all of them, but some of the intentions around that have been really healthy. It's like, hey, we need more equity. We need we need equal rights to resources. It's just, just like, um, you know, race wars that have taken place and discrimination in race. It's like... You're, you're telling me that you can't have a- access to resources because of your skin color, because of your gender. That makes no sense right. on so many levels, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the the feminist movements, and there's been three or four, um, have really catalyzed a new sense of equity in our world. Now, as a result as well, though, there's been some shadow elements of that that have taken place that have completely s- suppressed the masculine, have confused the masculine energetic. And have thrown the baby out with the bathwater and said, all men are bad and all masculine energy is bad. That's not healthy either. And so in short-ish, that's why we need healthy masculine men. Healthy being the operative word. So if we're talking about power, we're talking about leadership, for example, it's not about control and subjugation. It's about direction. It's about clarity. It's about transparency. You know, we can't disregard the the power of the masculine energy because when we disregard it outside of ourselves, we disregard it within ourselves as well. And then we move into this deeper con- state of confusion where there's no sexual polarity and attraction dynamics that take place. And now we're repelling each other and isolating further. And that's not what we want. The whole point of the feminist movement really is to come together in greater union and harmony. Now, true wrongs don't make a right. Suppressing the masculine isn't going to help just as the feminine has been suppressed now. To some extent, that's what may be needed. We generally, as human beings, move in extremes. But at some point, we have to come into some level of balance. There's a spectrum, right? We have to move out of the extremes because we know that extremes aren't helpful. That that's that's not homeostatic. There's no there's no harmony between all expressions of what it means to be human in those states. And therefore we struggle. It's it's uncomfortable, it's an undesirable state to be in, particularly perpetually. And so that's some of the importance of, you know, like really going through that, through that depth of how do we understand each other at a different, um, at a different, you know, uh, different depth. 
you know, and I'm glad you said it because <laughs> I'd rather bring on the, the expert to say it, uh, excuse me, the, um, the, uh, the well-seasoned, experienced, <laughs> studied uh, individual within this field for many years, uh, expert, you know, but I, I, I agree. Um, <sighs> there's a lot in there um, because I, I get asked this, these types of questions and I said, you know, listen, we both, we all have both of these energies inside of us and we need both of them. And it's about understanding the balance of them and what each of those energies contribute towards. Mm. Um, and mm. how each of those energies contribute toward, towards, um, how much do I lean more one way than another? Um, so I tend to have more masculine, but I definitely know my mm. feminine, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot, I, I, um, I absolutely can express myself. I think it's okay to express your emotion. I think it's okay to cry. Um, I think it's okay to, um, to uh, speak from your, well, I think from your heart as a whole other area in general, because I think we, as masculine or feminine, we should be speaking from our heart, period, because there's actually honesty, discernment, and um, everything that we, wanna, we want in life and how we respect and honor each other comes from the heart, not the lower chakra where people think like <laughs> they're using their heart. They're like I got hurt when I let myself my guard down. I'm like, that's your ego. <laughs> I hate to tell you that it has nothing to do with yep. your heart. Your heart is always gonna be your truth. And your truth always wants what's right for you and for others, period, end of story. Um, so, you know, I, I, and I, I like that you bring We up, don't understand that though. I know. Brother, that's a problem. We don't get that because we can't see how, how we move, Matt, we can't see how we move away from a, a zero sum game. It's like, we can't get that. We can't, oh, what do you mean? There's, there can be wi multiple winners and no losers. No, that, that's not right. That doesn't work like that. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, and to me, that's so ironic because like. Uh, the zero sum game, which I, which I get has been played for as a paradigm for, for a long time. But, um, my motto, either we all win or I'm not in, like, we all have to, like, we, we, we have to win collectively. Um, and there really doesn't have to be a loser in the scenario. And in a way, a lot of times, if there is a loser in the scenario in some way, shape or form, energetically, you lost whether or not today, but maybe sometime in the future, there's a, there's a balance that has to come from that. So I, I, I firmly believe in a, uh, an emerging, a merger of, of what you're saying to bring in this, you know, the divine feminine and, and that movement in more so, well, the feminist movement in more with the, the uh, modern masculine movement, they need each other. They need each other. <laughs> I, I, sometimes I watch these like movements. Sometimes they're separate. I'm like, you all realize you guys want the same things. You're just, it's just communicating differently and from a different, um, and from maybe a different energy. If you're leaning more on the feminine versus leaning more on the masculine, but you all want very similar things, but how you communicate and how you can, um, use play to each other's strengths, um, and lean on each other for, the right support so long as you're showing up as your highest and best self and being vulnerable, honest, and transparent, you're probably going to get a pretty decent outcome. <laughs> um, but you're going to, of course, be met with stuff, with shit along the way. There's, there's stuff. There's mm. just, and you know, I, and I think that we're also living in this kind of day and age where, you know, people are like, oh, cool. I'll just go find somebody else on Instagram or Tinder or Hinge or whatever. Like, all right, you know, I'm out. It's like, or, or, you can stay and you could deal with it because we're good people. And I think we can, we can work together through so like, you know, choosing partnership and, and, and by the way, and, I, and I'm curious to get your take on this. Actually, I would love to, it's like a, it's almost like talking, uh, like getting therapy, but I, I love to get your take on this. I, you know, I, I recently had, so I've gotten to a place where I'm very, very clear in my, 
my what my needs, my wants, and my values are, and what I want. Yeah. And I was having this is had now several conversations with. Uh, no, for me, I'm, I'm just speaking uh, to women uh, because th- that's you know my preference. So, but um, this can be applied to anybody. Period. Now, I was speaking to several women uh, where there was a conversation. And they were saying what they felt about, you know, uh, not working out with a man and all these different things. And I'm like, great, what do you want? And they say, well, I, you know, I, I want this, this and this and that, whatever in a man. I'm like, what does he want? So you want all those things in a man. What does he want? And each woman actually said the same thing. I'm like, huh, I have to think about that. I'm like, what do you think a man that has, that has all those like the, that, that being behaving that way to you and in his own, you know, his knowingness, what does he want? And, um, you know, in each time a person would, you know, they would, each time a woman would say, well, you know, that's a good question. I'm like, look, I'm behaving like that, man. I'm like, I want partnership. I want children. I'm not scared to say that. I was like, you want partnership? They're like, well, you know, if, if it's, if it's going to happen, I'm like that right there, that right there. I was like, you can either say no, or you can say yes, but there's no clarity. On one hand, you want, you know, a man that's this, 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 like not, not, um, not the check boxes. I'm not talking about that. It was more of like, you know, just behaving a certain way. I'm like, sure. I can tell you right now. I'm like a man like that. A lot of times, a lot of times they're very clear and they want a partner to play with in that behavior. So, you know, there's a little bit of a, you know, <laughs> a disconnect of, I get why you don't like this thing over here, but you have to lean into what you want over here and ask yourself, what does that person, what does that man want? And are you behaving in a matter? Are you clear as well in the things that you want? And, um, and then are you willing to both show up both on good days and bad days? Because, you know, you, you, you're, you know, go ahead. I, I feel like you got a lot to say on that. No, well, no, it was just too important. I love what you're saying. It's very two pertinent, simple points there is, and the way I, I usually frame it for someone is this, um, what are you willing to give? Yes. How are you willing to show up? Yes. What, what what can you really provide to the dynamic? And the second thing is that you mentioned just towards the end there is that, is willingness essentially. You, you, we both and this is for me is this is a big part of sacred union and conscious relating. Conscious relating isn't devoid of drama or difficulty. Conscious relating makes a decision and and holds agreements to no matter what's fucking happening in our worlds we're going to show up to each other we're going to do our shadow work we're going to break generational yes. trauma we're going to be mirrors for each other we're going to provide safe spaces for each other to heal i'm not going to do the healing for you because i can't do that we're not going to be codependent we're going to be interdependent and if we do work into move into codependency we're going to laugh about it we're going to love those parts of ourselves we're going to move through that because that's not an un, that's an unhealthy unsustainable dynamic yes you know that that conscious relating is 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 full of clarity and if there's confusion, there's a willingness to work through the confusion. There's a willingness to work through fear. Fear is allowed to come up. If people have this idea that sacred union is exclusive, you know, conscious relating and, and healthy relationships are exclusive to certain people that have done the work or that are quote unquote super spiritual bullshit. It's available to everyone. <laughs> it is that. fucking available to anyone and everyone yep. who wants it, who's willing to put the effort in to do the quote unquote hard work. That's what essentially it's about. You know, re- I mean, relationships are just like everything else. It's it's the work you put in yourself and the work you put into it. Yeah. And and I think you know people a lot of times people miss that. And and in my point when I had said these, this to the several women, and as I said, like, by the way, I was like, I don't want your kids tomorrow or our kids. I was like, I'm not talking about me versus and you as a relationship. I'm like, my point is, it's okay to want something. 
I'm like, but what's happened is we're sometimes um, we're we're moving our decisions around based on scarcity of what if I scare this person in front of me away because I'm talking about something that I might actually really want. I'm like, because a lot of the things you're talking about sound to me like partnership, <laughs> you know? I was like, but it's funny how the moment you at like, you know, and I, I'd asked somebody else, I said, you know, you think, um, you know, you think you'd uh, get married again. And she said, oh, you know, if, if, if it, uh, you know, um, if it comes up, you know, if it, if it happens, I was like, let me ask you again. Do you think you would get married again? Yes or no, like it's okay to want, if you don't want it, that's beautiful. If you do want it, own it. Like, I was like, you want to know why some of the men have been showing up the way they have on these dates and why that these things have been happening. And I'm like, I'm not a relationship expert, but I am a human <laughs> and I am work through my shit and continue to work through my shit. I was like, these wishy-washy situations come up because what you just told me isn't very clear. Now, could you imagine if you sat down across from somebody, from a man in this case, and said, listen, I want you to know this space right here is safe. I want you to know that I respect you and I respect your time and I respect your needs and your wants and everything in this world that you deserve and should have for you. Here's who I am. Here is what I'm looking for. And I was like, and if you can do that confidently and not worry about, you know, who you're going to scare somebody away. And yeah, you're probably going to scare a lot of people away who aren't ready for that level yet congratulations, you've just crossed over into the pool of people who are. And then from that pool, you'll be able to knit. I was like, not to think like a business person because I can't, I, I can't help it. But it's like, congratulations, you've just niched down your, <laughs> to your target audience of people. Well, there's an element of that. Yeah, uh, you know. Not, not business per se, but people become scared. We, we get very fearful with respect to if I decrease my pool of options, therefore, you know, people do the math either yeah. consciously or unconsciously and it scares them so because true. then they're moving further away from what they truly desire or want to embody. And I want to say something that is really important on the clarity piece. We have to give ourselves permission also to be uncertain. Yes. But we have to own yes. our uncertainty. That's the thing. So, like, so in my life, I, I would be in intimate relationships and I was uncertain, but I pretended I was certain. Or I was, I, but that, my partners could feel that. Yes. And so I didn't own my uncertainty because I either didn't want to disappoint people or I wanted something, I wanted my cake and eat it too, like that type of thing. And I wasn't being in integrity and I wasn't being honest. So you can be uncertain, give yourself permission to be uncertain and fucking own it to the point where I'm uncertain right now and this is where I'm at in my life. And if that resonates with you, great, but I'm really uncertain. So I'm not going to be definitive. I'm not going to have that clarity. Or you make a choice to, hey, I'm in this uncertain space in my life right now. This is the season that I'm in. I'm going to be in that season. I'm going to maybe spend some time on my own. I'm not going to be in intimate relation. I'm going to focus more inwardly. I'm going to be more introspective. I'm going to do the things that serve me at a deeper level to help me find that clarity. Because, you know, clarity is one of those desirable states. Confusion is not so desirable. It's right. undesirable. I have categories of desirability and undesirability. And I use that term very purposely because both states, so fear is an undesirable state. However, fear teaches us a lot. Happy is a desirable state. And it also teaches us a lot. Like we can grow from that. Like if you lined up a thousand people and minus anyone having any pathology and you said, hey, who prefers to be happy or sad? A thousand people are going to pretty much raise their hands and say, hey, I prefer to be happy. That doesn't mean sadness has nothing to teach us. It's just an undesirable state. That's all it is. But it can teach us a lot. And, and, and it, we can grow from it. 
So being uncertain and being in confusion is undesirable. So because it's undesirable, we tend to avoid it and we try to force ourselves to be certain and we do it prematurely, just like premature ejaculation. It's like, we, well, we're done and now I don't know what to do and I'm even more confused than I was before. And, and so we have to take a step back and take, again, back to ownership. Again, take the masculine energetic of ownership if we're talking about masculine feminine dynamics. Step into, hey, I'm confused and I'm okay with that right now. And I acknowledge it. And this is where I'm at in the world. I hope everybody listening understands how powerful what you just said is. And I learned that from my last relationship because it was a very mm. safe place for that. Um, I was very fortunate to have dated this woman who taught me that, like, say you don't know. And I was like, <laughs> I don't. She's like, doesn't that feel good? And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> like, cause, <laughs> because the, the defense mechanism of kicking in to be like, oh, well, you know, and I'm working through this and we'll figure that out. And this is like, own, be accountable with your uncertainty. Be, be very accountable and say, I don't know at the moment and I'm working through it and I could really use the support and help. That accountability and honesty will probably solve a lot more people's problems in relationships mm. or in general if the, like the ownership has become a very big thing to me over the last like two years, two, three years, it's really, and it, and it takes a lot of practice because it's crazy to, to catch your blind spots, especially thank God if you keep good people around you. And um, my ex-girlfriend is, is one of my best friends and <laughs> still will catch me in some shit where she'll be like, that's not it at all. I'm like, damn it. Like I, you know, and, but I can catch it so much quicker now when I know I'm not being, in my like I'm an authentic person but when I'm not being in my my truth at that moment and uh and it you're absolutely right uncertainty is a very undesirable place and what happens if I share an undesirable thing to uh like you know watch as people you see people dating and they say oh oh where, where are you at right now you know well I mean I, I'm a little bit clearer but I'm saying if I were to say well you know I'm not really sure I'm taking a step back and I'm trying to be you know learning a little bit more about myself and you know please uh you know, I hope f hope you can respect the transition, uh, you know, the transformational timeout I'm in right now. Now, <laughs> you better say that with some sheer confidence and you could still, you know, scare somebody away, but aren't you'll feel so much better about being in your truth. But you're mm -hmm. absolutely correct about, you know, uh, owning that uncertainty is so valuable because when you're in front of the right people, they will support that and be like, what do you need to get more certain? I don't know. Yes. Okay. You don't know either. That's okay. Let's work from there. And so we can grow much faster when we own our uncertainty, as you were saying, and we're in front of the right people who can help support that space, even if it's not necessarily giving a solution. A lot of times it's actually not giving solutions. It's more of just being that space to like be okay with uncertainty, but we hopefully have good support, supportive people to help move that needle for us, to help get us to the bottom of our blind spots that we're just not, we're not seeing, you know? Yeah. You know, so I, and, um, and I like the fact that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to shift the, I'm going to shift the convo a little bit over to sex because we know that a lot of people like to talk about that. And there's a lot of toxic shit happening over there. <laughs> if I was being, there's a lot of amazingly good things, by the way, I think more than ever, I think healthier, um, pleasure and, intimacy and uh sexuality i think there's so much more amazing things happening there which i do want to shed a light on to because i think that uh never has there been more time than now where uh people are really tapping into 
how far sex and intimacy really go and how sacred and you you know you teach on the sacred sexuality so please i am nowhere near to your level of being able to speak about it but speaking from from just my own um uh just from my own constant working on my mastery and understanding my sexual energy and it's very high <laughs> so i've had to really understand like what that energy means and how to use it for creativity and and to you know just a, a lot of different things but um there's a lot of other there's a lot if people aren't taking the time to truly understand all aspects of it there's a lot of ex energy exchanges that are all over the place and there's a lot of other emotional things coming in that are you know have men and women chasing each other or making choices that you know or even operating from certain choices or saying you know all men are this all women are that or any number of things that are happening from a whole bunch of other rules <laughs> that they've and narratives they've created that are basically mm -hmm. guiding them in their decision making process all the way to within partnership um you know uh how far like sacred sexuality can really take you and in intimacy so you can pick any number of areas there's probably at least 50 and if we have to do 50 episodes we will <laughs> but i would i would love to you know i'd love, love for you you know something that you're passionate about in that in, in that um category right now and teaching you know the importance for men and women and understanding like how much greater sexual like sexuality and, and and pleasure and intimacy can actually elevate you know i was i was uh reading a, a book um cupid's poison arrow it's a great uh, book was that great book unbelievable holy shit by the way it's <laughs> all i gotta say i just finished it yeah, I'm not going to speak on it because I want I want you to talk, but I just it was just very interesting in learning the what's happening internally um, from the release and from you know happening at neurological and biological and emotional and spiritual and all of these things and how we can you know and then how taking Eastern philosophies and tantric and um, you know and other um, uh, and the Tao and understanding how to harvest that energy differently and treat it differently uh which is uh clearly takes a lot of <laughs> practice and whatnot and and to be on board obviously with a partner but i would love for you to you can speak on any number of topics within you know sacred sexuality and you know some of the importance and in, in what you know some of the even the areas that you're teaching right now that are, are, are of utmost importance to men and women you know we can begin with safety yes so we can begin we can begin with uh intrapersonal and interpersonal safety being paramount to expanding our sense of sacred sexuality and expanding our sense of deep and intimacy. And when we feel safe within ourselves, we feel open to be real with others. We're not hiding. You see, something that's really interesting and also super, super important with, with respect to us as humans is we've evolved in very astute ways to either gravitate towards what's safe or move away from what's unsafe. You know, we go through processes of arrest and then fight or flight and then eventually more primal, maybe the oldest primal ways of dealing with, with, with pain or trauma or fear or whatever, and this sort of um, freeze or fold aspect of self, right? And so essentially the brain is, and the body in unison is conditioned to assessing the the environment. If you've experienced trauma as a child, which so many of us have, right, there's a lot of unspoken truth around this. And you've experienced pain. You've experienced being neglected or a sense of not belonging. You've been teased. You've been bullied. You've been physically or sexually abused. There's Your defense mechanisms are very high. You're highly protected. You know, the way that your, your enteric nervous system 
communicates with the outside world and then feeds information to the vagus nerve, which then communicates with the cingulate and the insula, which then communicates with the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex, which then either releases, releases excessive stress hormones such as cortisol and adrenaline. And you're in this constant state of stress and alertness, you know, like even your, your um, default mode network, which is, which is looking at, you know, your intrapersonal relationship, how you process information. I mean, it has many functions, but how you process information, understand the world, understand yourself, see and view yourself, like all our physiology and neurology, our psychology, our emotions are all in this, in this soup. Right. And when we feel unsafe, all of that is very triggered and on high alert. Mm. And so we have these sensory inputs that we're receiving from the world that are hypervigilant. And that translates to intimacy, translates to how much we give of ourselves. We don't want to give too much just in case it's taken. Maybe we've been abandoned by a father or a mother. Maybe our parents got divorced, whatever it may be. Maybe one of our parents died when we were young. We have this fear of loss. Maybe we were really hurt a lot during our teens and we were bullied and 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 you were ostracized as a kid. And so having a fear of intimacy or getting close to someone is difficult. I'm giving examples that happen in life and that are very real, right? And so... We have this opportunity to work on feeling safer within ourselves so that we can help our partners feel safe because we become transparent and vulnerable and real. Because now all of a sudden, all of those sensory inputs that are emanating from our bodies through these threat funnels that we have, you know, at a sensory level, through our eyes, through our ears, through our nervous systems, our ENS, like all of this, and the way that communicates with the brain processes and translates it, it becomes softened. It doesn't dull down, but it doesn't become so active. So we move out of that sympathetic high intensity response. Now, what happens then is we don't have this need to protect ourselves and feel safe so we can be more real. And people feel that. People, studies have been done uh, since the 70s on uh, electromagnetic fields and the, the, the vibrations and the energetics that we emit from our bodies that we cannot see through the, the, you know, the spectrum of light, so to speak, or the, the, we cannot see visibly through our eyes. And so the, these, these are things are very real and how we clear up our clutter of the past and our trauma helps us feel safe. And when we feel safe, man, there's something very profound that happens yes, in, in sexuality. And that's when it almost moves to sacredness. That's when you start to explore more without resistance. You start to explore and ask questions and explore your own fantasies. You get clearer. You become more confident. You don't hold back because that's a, that's a tug of war, that holding back, then they hold back, then you hold back, then they hold back. And all of a sudden there's disconnection. Mm. There's disharmony in your relationship. So safety can play a really, really important role in terms of enhancing the way that we relate intimately at every level. You know, it, the safety is everything. Get, make make a, a space completely safe, free and clear of judgment mm. or um, of awkwardness or dishonesty you know make it completely mm -hmm. free of all uh, of anything that could make someone not feel comfortable in their own skin make it a very comfortable and safe place and um i believe like you can see you know somebody completely naked of like of everything right and then yes. I, and then i just i believe that at that at and then now you're just having a different conversation <laughs> now 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 you're now there's a lot more there's limitless potential and limitless possibilities because um, there's nothing holding you back. 
I, I, and, and I, I feel like, uh, I mean, everything you just said is very true. And I like that you also explain like, you know, there's things that are, that are happening neurologically and there's things that are happening from, you know, emotionally and, and from traumas and, um, and then all the way to, you know, Hey, when you solve for these things, um, it opens you wide open for, we're not here to suffer. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I feel like I have to say that on some podcasts, like just in general, like we're not, I, I know as human beings, it sometimes feels like it, but we're not technically here to suffer. We're here to learn and grow and, 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 and move, you know, in light, like, but, um, but we hold back, we're scared, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we're, um, we, we, we have these fears and we we're worried about judgment, we're worried about all these things which is a weirdest illusion <laughs> because you're like, yeah. so if I tell you something and you don't like me, should I keep liking you? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, if, if we, if we, if we simplify our, our complex narratives, you know, and, but you're absolutely correct. I mean, like, cause then I, I, I firmly believe, um, I've noticed, you know, so I've, there's nothing wrong with this, by the way. I have absolutely no judgment. I've never really been a one night stand person. I mean, my, my, when I was younger, I mean, maybe, you know, fooled around, maybe come close, whatever, uh, on a one night stand, but, I always had this this belief like, no, I need to know who you are. By the way, it's okay if we don't end up like together long. This is when I was younger. Like if we don't end up together long haul, whatever. But like I, I want to have some kind of a some kind of a connection with you that this I didn't know it at the time. I had zero clue. But I realized it was like, oh, because if you feel like you know the other person well enough to know you can go to town, <laughs> you know, it's like you feel safe yeah. to explore more. Like you're going to, you you know, cause people will be like, Oh, well like, you know, haven't you ever had bad sex? And, you know, I was like, not really. No, like maybe once or twice, but like, not really like what I'm like, well, cause I was more interested in like, who's the person on the other side. And if I'm connecting at any kind of really other level than a surface level, um, and the space is safe, it's gonna be probably pretty expressive and exploratory <laughs> in some way, you know. And that's I, I mean, I, I kind of stumbled into understanding that a little bit, but then I realized, oh wow, there's even more responsibility in a lot of what you're bringing up, which is like, no, get to know yourself even more and make the space even um, healthier and uh, safer for you know anything and everything that goes uh, that comes along with it. So I appreciate you bringing that up, um, you know. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about the you, you this was this was on one of the, the topics I wanted to discuss with you but like uh, when we think about the divine masculine and feminine we think about creating safe space for uh you know sacred sexuality and and uh, massive intimacy and exploration we think about healing ourselves from within leaning in manning in as you said uh or womaning in <laughs> uh and really you know leaning into who we really are dating um for the kind of relationship of dating for the kind of relationship of the future, right? Um, versus, you know, a lot of times people date based on their past, which is kind of what I was, I was a little bit, you know, bringing that up a little bit earlier where selling, you know, several people were like, oh, well, yeah, of course you don't want that. Mm-hmm. But what you do want, are you leaning into that so that you can provide given support in that type of environment? Or are you just wanting it because you know inherently you want it, but are you ready for it? And so I, but I like the idea of, um, you know, you saying how to date for your future and not your past. Um, can you expand on that? Yeah, it's it's doing your shadow work. Yep. It's it's not being caught up in old patterns and loops of thoughts and emotions and body and beliefs, 
And it's breaking that cycle very consciously. It's looking at the patterns in your life that no longer serve you, that don't make sense to you, that you don't align with, that are causing you pain and disharmony, but you keep attracting the same type of relationships over and over again because we are the common denominators in in our lives. And making a choice to live from your future, literally, I would ask myself often, well, what would future Steph do? If future Steph is an ideal version of me, what does the ideal version of look like? And it doesn't have to be a, a, mm-hmm. a tick box checkbox list so to speak but what what would that person what would what would future steph really want to do where would he come from like building a a deeper level of awareness around my patterns and observing them and taking the time to do that spending a few minutes every day looking at my life looking at my relationships looking at observing any patterns feeling into what am i feeling today and am i content with what i'm feeling does that feel right for me what i'm feeling what i'm experiencing am i constantly experiencing anger or frustration what what could be the cause of that is it, is it something that i'm doing is it the people that i'm mixing with what, what choices am i making yes. that are leading me to this place of disparity and disconnection this place of not being deeply fulfilled and carrying meaning in my life and how is that affecting my relationships right and so when we're dating and when we're in relationships we we almost this is the paradox, right? We want to come from the future self mm-hmm. to eliminate the past patterns to actually live in the present. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so exactly. but we use the future self as a catalyst for yes. someone that we can envision ourselves to be that maybe makes it more palatable for us to make some changes. And maybe it inspires us to do so. Well, I, 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 and I love that ideology and uh, I work very heavily on that. And you're absolutely, in my opinion, you're absolutely correct. Like future Matt is making choices in a certain way that has gotten future Matt to future Matt. I mm. need to make, does, does future Matt look at me right now and say, you know how to make the kind of choice you need to make in this to go where I'm at that I want you to get here. So I need you to make choices in the present that reflect where you're heading, not where you've been, but understand where you've been so you understand why you're making choices for future Matt. <laughs> so there's a little bit of that, you know, and to your point, in the present. And um and it's very interesting, you're right. You you definitely see your the shadow self in the present uh in as you're starting to make these type of choices and you're like, mm. "No." Like, what do you mean, no? Like, um I'm going to go over this way. <laughs> it's like, it's an interesting thing. And by the way, you see you see a lot of ego come out, not just always on you, but on another person like really like you're turning me down or you're this you're like I'm, it's not that <laughs> it's just i'm trying to i'm trying to energetically make the type of choices that are welcoming are creating the space for me receiving what i am playing for so therefore mm. i have to make i have to make choices that believe me as hard as it is for you to hear it it's even harder for me to say it because if I rule for my ego right now, yeah, I'm gonna get the same outcome. <laughs> and I can't, I can't do that. And but, whew, talk about having and and it's. I was gonna say talk about having a relationship with yourself, but it's you're definitely you're you're gonna see so many sides of your shadow stuff. Like oh shit, like I used Ooh, to yeah. do it this way. Oh shit, I used to. That's where I was unclear. That's where I was misleading. That's where I was confusing. That's where that like oh now I see why like if I said it like this way. And then I, my words were this way, but my actions were this way. Like, oh, shit. And then so aligning our words and our actions as well from what we're finding in our shadow self 
while making the choices for future future Matt, future Steph. Mm, mm. So that's a it's been an interesting year and a half to years that I've been watching <laughs> unfold. It's a you know, um, but but worth it. And you know you know what's interesting though too. I, I there's I heard something uh, when I was twenty five. This is before I met my ex-wife. When I was 25, I met an older woman. I think she was 36 or 37 at the time. And uh, we had a very, um, like, just a mature relationship. Of, of Like, she taught me some things that were very, very powerful. And I remember one day I was being very wishy-washy about something. She's like, Matt, stop. I was like, okay. Mm. <laughs> I was like, what? She goes, first of all, I'm not a girl in her 20s. I'm a, a woman in her 30s. I'm divorced. I have two kids who are away with their father for the summer. I was like, yeah. And she goes, be straightforward and honest always she's like i get it you're you know it, you you like people are all feeling good you want everybody to you know whatever you, you know she's like but it then becomes confusing she's like always tell a woman directly the truth like no matter what she's like will they be hurt absolutely will they be hurt for two minutes two hours two days two weeks two months two years or for life maybe very possible yeah she's like but damn it, they're going to respect you. And I guarantee it, the next woman you date, you know, because we knew we were going to date beyond a certain time frame. She's like, the next woman you date, you'll see what I mean. And this is before I met my ex-wife. But uh, but yeah, when I certainly, when I, once I started behaving that way, she was absolutely right. And I remember, you know, by being that kind of direct and, and honest, I remember the, the, the girl hated it. But about a week later, she said, you've always been nice. You've always been supportive. And you've always been exactly who you are. And I appreciate it. And I'm sorry that I, you know, I got really upset, but I was actually really upset because I wanted to see something more with this. But you've inspired me. I'm moving. I'm going to go chase my dream. <laughs> so that's the importance of shadow work, though, man. Right. That's what you Because if you don't do that shadow work where you can get over your insecurities of people pleasing or not disappointing yes. people and what people think of you or fear of rejection or fear of abandonment or fear of humiliation, then you can't be honest with the people in your lives, which perpetuates hurt and mistrust yeah and that probably pushes on their their wounding because complementary wounding mm. thrives in the same space and all, all that's happening is none of us are growing and we're stuck in the past we're stuck in old patterns and so when you're able to be really honest in that way man that's super super empowering yeah well you know and uh <laughs> we always think it's much worse in our head we always think it's much worse. Well, at least that's what I've come to find. And it's interesting because especially if you're in front of, especially if you're making choices for better people. But even even if you're not yet, it's okay. It's always worse in your head than what you tell the other person. But think about, uh, I, I said uh, last week on a story, I said, avoiding conflict is conflict <laughs> because you're creating more yes. of it from avoiding it versus leaning into it and be like, there may not actually have to be conflict if I just pick up the phone or if I just talk to you in person or if I just tell you how I'm feeling and we can work through it together. Um, but at least you at least I'm being honest and, and truthful. And then you'll that other person may be upset, but they will have for the most part, they will have to respect the truth. Be like, well, I can now thank you for the truth because now I can make the decisions that I need to make accordingly. Or I can help you stay supportive, whatever it might be. But at least you're you're honoring and respecting somebody else by telling the truth because then they're able to better understand how they can either help you or they can make choices for themselves that are being impacted by your decisions. Yes. Right? So completely resonate with that. You know, so you know, so future future dating, future staff and future Matt tell us what to do. <laughs> we don't tell, we don't let our, our past tell us what to do. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, and I want so okay. Any so for anybody out there right now, they're they're 
they're trying to figure it out. They're they're doing the work. What's the one thing you must do on a first date? You could say you could say five if you need to. Oh, good. Oh well, <laughs> no, I've got about ten, but I would, love, <laughs> I would love to hear what yours are. What 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 are what what are like what are three, five, seven things you think? Really, it really depends on it. Really depends on what you what your needs are and what you want. Yes. I mean, obviously, the first thing is be truthful. But then people ask, well, how truthful do I be? Do I tell them about my sexual abuse on my first date, or do I tell her that I've been a serial cheater all my life or do I tell her that my dog just died? Do I put that on her? Like, well, you know, how much do I tell her? Well, you, you, you've got to feel that out. Right. You've got to know yourself. You've got to know where you're at. You've got to read the other person. This is the importance of physically dating and being in physical intimacy with each other. We get to read people's cues, social cues, you know, their micro expressions. We get to connect to their tone and their pitch and their affliction and their voice and their body language and so much of communication is non-verbal you know 80 yes. plus percent and so you've got to get clear on what do you want do you just want sexual intimacy do you just want to have a one night stand do you just is that what you want then come from that place like honesty is obviously very very important and have some fun on the first day. Yeah. Get to know each other. Ask ask each other a combination of light questions and maybe some more challenging questions such as Tell me about maybe one of the most really difficult times that you experienced in your life and how did you overcome it to something like, hey, tell me some of your favorite hobbies. What are your highest values? What do you daydream about? Like whatever it may be, but get to know each other on that first date. Like you can definitely go and do the traditional thing like, I don't know, dinner in a movie or bowling or, but whatever it may be that you do, you know, go for a walk on the beach, whatever it is, but make it fun, make it light, get to know various aspects of this person in a, in a place and a space that, feels opening like it feels safe it's conducive to that so you know what you do is it's probably less about what you do and how you set up the environment True. that allows you to be conducive to being in truth right and a, a conducive to exploration because you want to explore and so the safer you feel the more comfortable you feel the lighter you feel being in nature is going to help obviously um, cultivating some trust beforehand, whether it's through an introduction of a friend, you maybe have a conversation or two with a, with a very quick intention to physically meet and determine chemistry, determine yes. not only biological chemistry, but psycho-emotional chemistry, but don't be in a rush to get to know each other. Like even if you're only interested in a one night stand, right? You can deepen the power of that and the, the connection of that and intensity of that. Uh, and the you know the, the memory of that so to speak by getting to know each other at a deep level so i like to ask questions about people get to know them listen to the other people listen to the people that are ahead of you particularly if you're the the masculine pole in that dynamic listening can be really really powerful really powerful make sure that you have some mystery about you as well not manipulation not hiding right. from people but mystery don't, you don't have to vomit everything that you are out on the first <laughs> date either, right? We do that because we get nervous. Like, oh, they have to know this best of me. I've got to prove myself. And go into that proving nothing and being you. Yeah. And yes, there are many facets to who you are. And that's okay as well. Choose one that feels right in that moment. So when people ask me this question, you know, you know tips for the first date. And I've, I've done posts on this and videos on this. And I think one of my recent videos, maybe in the last few months, is like the seven things to do on your first date. And uh, it's on my YouTube channel, my IGTV. You can see it. This is specifically for women. So there's, we've got all these tips. But beyond all that, right, beyond the tips and, and the structure is 
can you connect to a version of yourself that feels right in that moment? And that mm. requires yes. you knowing yourself. That requires you accepting yourself with radical self-acceptance, meeting yourself with empathetic resonance and loving presence, meeting all of who you are. That means doing your shadow work, feeling whole, not fractured in your being. And again, that entails you accepting all of who you are, loving all of who you are. Like when you bring that version of yourself, you're going to know, is there alignment in this, in this dynamic? Is there sexual attraction in this dynamic? Is there emotional resonance in this dynamic if there's not cool love you and have a great life yeah oh, go ahead. you know we get so attached right so attached to how we have to be so true that's such a that that the end part though is 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 spot on um you're not showing up to the date to make it work you're showing up to be yourself and enjoying you being you and making that space hopefully enjoyable to the person on the other end um, at least doing your part. Now, not everyone will always jive well. <laughs> you know, it, it can very much happen. But I, I also, I, I like to bring up honesty that you brought up. Um, I think honesty is very sexy. I think it's a very sexy trait. I think it's, it, it, um, it shows confidence. And I think it shows um, intent. And it shows clarity. And it shows willingness to be exactly who you are, no matter what mm. the other person is going to say. Um, you know, and then of course to your point about delivery of that, <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm not saying like, I want you to be honest and I want you to be a dick at the same time. <laughs> it's not like, you know, um, and then some people are like, but what if that is who I really am? <laughs> I'm like you're don't, don't confuse the, you know, the, 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 um, the purpose here. But yeah, I think honesty is just, it's an amazing quality. And to your point too, it's like, Hey, what do you, what do you want right now? Where are you at? And just like I was explaining to that one woman, it's like, could you imagine if you sat down across the way? Like maybe the guy isn't like wanting to be serious right now, but could you imagine if you gave the space to say, listen, if you want to go like have sex, with lots of partners, do whatever you want, do all this, like, cool. I'm not judging. Like do whatever you want to do. Here's where I'm at. And I just wanted you to know, like, cause I just want to be very fair, you know? Uh, and I, this was, I told her not necessarily on the first day, but it can happen in the first couple, you know, I was like, but mm. as long as you're very upfront and saying like, I just want you to know like where I'm at, because because I respect you, I was like, could you imagine what? Could you imagine what the? I was like, first of all, if the guy on the other end doesn't have his jaw dropped from you like talking that way to you know him as a as a a woman that's really in her vibe and saying like, hey, here's what I'm looking for, but I'm not going to judge you at the same time because I love and respect you as a human as a fellow human being, and I want to show and honor show up and honor you. Could you imagine what that other person is going to say? I'm like, and he'll at least feel safe to be like, you know what? <laughs> I don't really know what I want because a minute ago I was thinking, yeah, that's actually all I want to do. But now you got me kind of rethinking, well, if all more women were like you, I might change my, my mindset a little bit. Like we, I, I feel like people don't understand the power that honesty actually impacts the other individual, not just for safety in that conversation. And then as we were talking earlier in, in, in uh, intimacy, but also in like how it impacts their life choices moving forward. I mean, you you have the ability to actually impact people. Again, not everybody accepts honesty right away very well, but it's going to be impactful, I think, in some way. So I, I like that you bring that up. And then I always say too, at some point, you know, in the and I know we got to wrap up here in a, a very shortly, but uh, uh, talk about what your needs are. Talk about what your values are. It's okay to talk about what your needs are. Mm. It's I, I I think that that's. Um, I, I was fortunate it wasn't until my last relationship where I was asked that and it was interesting because I as an exercise have done this for several friends recently that as they were moving through some relationships I said do you know what your needs are they say you know I know them they're all up here and you know I, I got an idea I was like write them down 
just write them down. I'm like, they're going to empower you for clarity. I guarantee it. There's nothing wrong with having needs. And when I say needs, I'm like, you know, the ones like the support of an emotional and, and you know, all these different, you know, but uh, and needs at large. I was like, because, um, and if you know your needs and you know your values and you know what you're looking for in somebody else, when I, when I wrote all that down, it was nice to see that I also embodied what I was looking for somebody else. I was actually embodying a lot of that. I was like, cause years ago I would look at the list and I see that, oh, I was just trying to find somebody to plug the things I wasn't. I was like, but now it's nice to know that what I look for in somebody else is just a reflection of, of how I'm behaving in a lot of different ways outside of the other <laughs> needs that just come from a partnership. But so I think those things are also interesting to ask and, and to just, you know, as you were mentioning, when you're getting to know somebody on a deep level, it's cool to know like what their values are and, and their needs, especially because then from there, can't you just observe them to see if they're actually, if they match up against their values over the next so many dates or next so many, so much time, or if you know their needs, it's like, cool. Like, do I fit in those? Like, is that like, does that resonate with me and what my needs are and how would we support each other's? So you know, mm. Woody, Woody, what do you have coming up? I mean, I feel like you, you've got, you got, you're busy. <laughs> so what, what's going on in your world? What do you got coming up that, you know, and then we'll get to where everybody can find you and all that fun stuff. Yeah, of course, man. So, um, for the rest of this year, just really, really working deeply with my clients, mm -hmm. um, in a one-on-one -on -one capacity, a lot of things going on next year, uh, be the queen for for single ladies that are really looking to deepen their and enrich in their relationships, their intimate relationships. But there's a lot of clearing out the clutter of the past there to really create this empty vessel for creating the life that they want. We have inner child live virtual workshops that are very empowering for any human being that wants to really heal at a deeper level and just live the life that they want to live. Um, next year, I'll be launching, uh, not launching, relaunching, I should say, um, a couple of my men's programs that I just put on hold for this year just because I had a lot on in different ways. Right. Um, and so I'm very excited about that. Uh, live events next year as well. Um, my wife and I, again, we, you know, we put events on hold this year just because of uh, what was happening in, you know, what was happening in the world. We put certain events on hold, of course, but we pivoted in other ways. Um, and created some amazing, amazing content and, and very rich programs in, in terms of deeper healing. And the inner child uh, workshops were a part of that level one and level two, and they're both uh, two and a half, three day workshops each. So that was a really powerful thing. But next year, our live events around um, conscious relationships and sacred union and, and so forth. And just really excited to to serve at that deeper level, man. Um, so yeah, and, and, and personally, I've got couple of great trips coming up as well um in the wilderness um with joe dispenza early next early next oh, year nice. as well um getting some good mountain time in too which is good and some ocean time as well so just feeling very grateful for for where i'm at the moment man and also you know december start winding down and create some space and just have some have some rest it's been a very big big year for me it's been a very uh a powerful year and a very expansive year and so time for some some reflection and some space in the in the next month or so you know i love that you brought up um in the personal space when you said what i'm going to be doing personally you're the first that actually has done that on the show <laughs> you're the very first person to do it and uh, no i think it's so important yeah. i think it's one of the most important things you could actually yeah. ever say because we're you know we're so driven to to do but it's like no some Correct. of what's coming up is to not do or to, to travel yeah. and to replenish yeah. and re regroup and regenerate. So yeah. I, I'm so grateful you just did that. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I appreciate that, man. Thanks. Yeah. 
and and where can everybody find you online if they don't already know about you? I feel like everybody does, but where? But hey, here's here's to everybody else in my audience that hasn't yet, and they should. Where? <laughs> where how can they find you? How can they reach out to you? Where? All all the things. Yeah, of course, man. So um, I've got a couple of websites, but the easiest website to go to is growwithsteph.com, S-T-E-F, growwithsteph.com. And in terms of social media, at Stephanos Safandos, you'll be able to find me there. So at Grow With Steph, there's a heap of free stuff there that that I offer, um, some quizzes that can really help you with uh, your love blocks and, and fears that you may be holding on to that are unconscious. Um, there's breath work. I'm a, I'm a breath work facilitator, and that is mm. something that's very dear to me. Yes. Um, you know, I work with individuals that, but really large groups as well, which is it's super fun and and very very powerful in terms of like really changing changing your world. Um, but there's 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 my programs are there, or at least some of them, and you can access my social media there as well. And so there's Grow with Steph is a good place to go. Yeah, the breath work is a game changer. My God, yes. over the last year and a half, two, uh, three years now, wow, uh, it's been a game changer, absolute game changer. I'm so glad you're a facilitator of that. Um, amazing, man. You're you're doing incredible work, and um, and I'm glad that you're doing it. It's only gonna get busier for you. You know that, right? Yeah. You 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 know, like, and so my my. Not that I need to tell you, but um, because there's so much responsibility, even more than ever, coming your way. Rest up, yeah. man. Rest up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Drink, I drink lots of that. drink lots yeah. of water. Rest up. You ever need a sounding board? You know you got one because like well <laughs> because uh, um, when we carry a lot of re- weight and responsibility, um, and we have to constantly ground ourselves, and um, we um, show up for thousands of people around the world daily. <laughs> It's a lot of work. It's a lot of energy. And so um, I'm trying to do my best to make sure to tell my other brothers and sisters, like, hey, drink more water. I got you. You want a phone call? I don't care. Whatever you need, man. Like, <laughs> can I, can I, what do you need? Well, you need a place to stay? You want to go fly somewhere real quick? I don't care. Like, you, you know, um, but you have a lot of responsibility coming. It's only going to get busier over the years. I actually, I actually, I know it's very messy outside right now, but uh, all transformation is. Uh, and yeah. since we're going through a massive global transformation, there is going to be a lot more people than ever <laughs> that are needing levels of your work. Um, you know, so, uh, so rest up brother. I, uh, that's what I got to say to that. Um, thank you, man. yeah. And thank you for being on the show. I truly, truly appreciate it. I know you got to run and, um, you know, for everybody listening, um, at Stefanos, is Stefanos Stefanos, um, yes. on Instagram. So it's, the at symbol s-t-e-f-a-n-o-s-s-i-f-a-n-d-o-s i will put it in the show notes so all of you guys can find him grow with steph i'll put it in the show notes you can find him (laughs) um but he's very approachable you guys um please reach out to him uh and i as i always say please be respectful of 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 time (laughs) because because you know the man is very busy but but reach out to him if you have questions if you want to you know or you're interested in his programs or any of this stuff this is uh this is very 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 important work so i highly encourage people to you know if you're finding yourself stuck in a multitude of ways that steph can help please look into it um i i myself am constantly doing work with mentors and coaches and and mm-hmm. trainers and nutrition i'm working with a nutritionist and a trainer in a for like five six months guys like it's not i do not do everything by myself i i can't i cannot and we're not supposed to and as steph said earlier like no man's an mm-hmm. island so uh right. <clears throat> or a woman so um 
you know, so thank you so much for being on the show, man. And I, I say this to all our guests, you're welcome back on anytime because it's a journey-driven podcast, which means you're going to have uh, a whole new sl- set of topics uh, probably tomorrow, but like <laughs> a few weeks from now, months <laughs> from now, you know, half a year, a year, whenever you want. You're welcome back on as a guest uh, anytime, man. I really, truly appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. For everybody listening, check out growwithsteph.com. Uh, for Steph, for myself, Matt Gosselin, for Hustle Sold Separately, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for the ratings and reviews. Um, feel free to reach out. Feedback. You know I love hearing from you guys, and I'll talk to you soon.